0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams.
1: It's Wednesday, so it's Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And this podcast is proudly brought to you by sharenet.co.za. Wayne, interesting day. Lots of results out from JSC companies. The major one this morning, I think, which we'll start with is the SPAR group. I've spoken to
0: Graham O'Connor. Solid numbers, but nothing spectacular. Well, look, I don't suppose you can expect anything spectacular given the consumer environment. Now, they're not solely South Africa. I mean, certainly the um, island business has been doing well for a long time and continues to do well. Obviously, a weaker end helps there. But given the environment, it was actually a good set of results. I mean, they showed like-on-like store sales growth. They showed earnings growth. They maintained their margin. So... All else considered, actually quite a positive set of results. But the share price was anticipating it. I mean, this is not a cheap share. Hmm.
1: Has it gained market share, do you think? I mean, it, during these tough yes, times, there's, there's a lot of movement between, and fashions, I suppose, retail fashions. And I always, I've always liked going to spa. You're, you're not a shopper mm. like I am. But I've always enjoyed the spa experience with the, with the new spas, with the, uh, the spas yes. that I frequented in Cape Town.
0: Now, look, I'm actually, I actually quite like shopping. So I do actually go out and do quite a bit of shopping. I like looking at all the gourmet food sections and what all the, the new products they've got. So I actually like uh, shopping. And I do agree with you. The top echelon spas, and there are quite a few here in Johannesburg as well, are actually excellent. Yes. I mean, they, they truly are. Uh, it's, a, it's a very nice shopping experience. So they have gained some uh, market share. And they've specifically gained a little bit of market share um, from ShopRite when ShopRite had the strike on. So that was a specific mention that quite a few analysts have actually said. Um, so that was maybe a little bit of an a little bit of an opportunistic uh, move on their half. But certainly spas, I mean there are two different kinds of spas. So you get the the non top echelon spas for want of a better word. Yes. And they compete directly and they got they move volume and they compete directly with ShopRite and pick and pay. But ShopRite's also trying to move certain parts of their stores a little bit more upmarket. I've also noticed that um, as well. And so is so is pick and pay. But it's tough. I mean, it is clearly tough out there. Economic growth for this year, man, you're going to get maybe 1% 1 or 1.2%. 1. And the first quarter results which come out 5th of June, 6th of June, are going to be shockers. It's going to be one5 or minus 2% Mm. on an annualized basis. That is truly a deadbeat situation here in South Africa. It's not, you know, we won't be in recession for this year because it should turn around. Um, But it is truly a dire, quite frankly, a dire situation because the rest of the world's actually growing reasonably well and we should, in theory, be participating in that growth. And hopefully, our, news, our, our new state president will be able to enact the various reforms. But most importantly, the, the um, positive sentiment will turn around and he'll actually build up a bit on that. Because the good times overseas don't last forever, huh? Eh?
1: No, they don't. And that's the, that's the, problem. That's the problem that we have, because we have decoupled ourselves from the rest of the world. So there yes. could, the, the synchronicity that's going on in the rest of the world, which we haven't participated in, could scupper us. I mean, it would, as I keep on saying, it would be an unusual situation if we started yeah. actually to get our act together and the rest of the world doesn't get its act together, or rather it experiences some kind of sell-off, whether it be economically or market-wise. And that would, of course, stuff us
0: up completely. Correct, yes. And look, we've had the longest period of economic expansion that I can remember. Uh, you know, certainly in the last 30, 40 years, it's the longest period of strong global expansion that we've ever seen. Mm. And we have to admit it starts from 2008. So it starts from an incredibly low base, which is, of course, one of the reasons why it's lasted so long. But nothing lasts forever, you know. At some stage, it'll be trade wars or politics or just normal economic conditions that will eventually cause some sort of slowdown. And then it's almost irrelevant what we do here. If the global economy tanks, we're going to go down with it. And it is, I suppose, a true own goal. And there's lots of circumstances and there's lots of other factors involved. But effectively, it boils down to an own goal that Certainly, the last seven five six seven years we haven 't participated in that in this period of very strong global economic growth
1: no we haven 't which is actually, certainly
0: certainly in, the, yeah, certainly in the last three years, commodity prices have been on our side. we should have participated more prior to two thousand and fifteen commodity prices were so low they were a bigger negative than domestic events but 2016 onwards, it's clearly domestic events, domestic circumstances that have held us back.
1: There's a couple of optimistic notes to this conversation. And I'm not known for my optimism, but there are two things. Firstly, the prospect statement from SPAR and its management said, Mm. we expect things to get better. I mean, they said it in a different way, but they expect things to get better for the rest of the year. That's the first one. And then there was something else which uh, brought to us by Banks of Africa. And I've just spoken to Mike Schussler, an an economist, about this. And transactional activity in South Africa has jumped quite a lot. And it's all to do with the fact there's no load shedding the... Election is out of the way and people are going out there and saying right I'm going to buy some stuff a bit of pent-up
0: demand as I said to Mike Schussler So two bits of good news Wayne Yeah, it is and and just to add a little bit to the good news even prior to the election bank advances in other words, bank loans, have also been sneaking up a little bit eh? So sort of mm. almost almost below the radar But the bank loans are actually showing quite a positive trend and now you're getting a transactional banking as you said Also showing a bit bad, but look a lot of it is base effect. I mean as long as the world doesn't go into a recession, we should recover from this very, very low base simply because things can't get much worse. And when things can't get (laughs) much worse, they'll tend to get a little bit better. But for us, and I mean, a lot of people are going back to early 2000s and saying, ooh, we grew at four, four and a half percent. You know, when we're going back to those days, well, I hope we do in the foreseeable future, but, There were some very specific positive events that drove us, of which by far the biggest was the Chinese super cycle, and then coupled with incredibly low uh, levels of debt in South Africa, and equally as important, a structural change in our interest rates. You must remember, prior to that, the long bond traded at 14, 15%, i.e., your bond rate on your house. The next thing is trading at 9%, 7, 8%. Mm. So there were two or three incredibly positive things that coincided at the same time that gave us that four percent because it wasn't a structural four percent it was a cyclical one now for us to go back to anything like those sort of growth rates is incredibly difficult because effectively you've got to almost change the way the country is operated and how we work together as a nation and And the biggest thing lacking there is there's no common consensus as to what we should do as a country, what we want to do as a country. You know, none of the major power bases in the country trust or respect or like each other. And, I mean, this is huge things that we've, you know, structural issues that we've got to sort out. I mean, if you take tourism as a prime example, everyone, every politician, everyone will say tourism is one of our growth areas. And some positives come through. We must change these stupid visa re- regulations to get mm. the tourists in. But in the next minute, they want to regulate Airbnb. Yeah, so you get you get one positive saying we are going to sort out the visa restrictions. But the next minute, you hear they want to regulate Airbnb because the hotel industry feels they're not competing on a level playing field. Mm. Well, I don't think they compete with this with the structural hotel industry in the first place. You know, so. It, it, you just get maybe with the new cabinet, which hopefully will be extremely positive, there'll be more drive by the government and more, I suppose, focused drive by the government going forward, and more buy in by industry and more trust between the major power bases in the country, as I spoke about earlier on going forward. Yes. Because without that, we are going to sit in this quagmire for the foreseeable future, unfortunately.
1: There's got to be a sea change, as I keep on saying, there's got to be, we have the opportunity now, the government has the opportunity, it's got another five years, it's been given a five year mandate, and it'll get another five years because of legacy issues and people will keep on voting for the ANC, there is an opportunity to do something absolutely drastic and not suffer the consequences um lots of results coming out apart from Spar, which we've already spoken about long mm. for life limited that's yes. the first one this is an interesting company isn't it your very your mate uh, brian uh, brian joffey brian what Joseph. do you what do you think of this company
0: look they've done very well again in a very very tight consumer environment i mean they've the The sorbet stores are doing extremely well. Their enticed beverages are doing well. They've now gone into sub-acute care. It seems to be some sort of medical rehabilitation centers that they've bought into. Sportsman's Warehouse is doing well. Mm. And the company trades at a reasonably low price earnings ratio. Look, this was the first set of results for 12 months. And based on these earnings, it's trading at about a 12 PE ratio, which doesn't seem bad. Considering what the uh, Environment that we've spoken about Extensively, so such a poor environment It looked quite positive When you read through their release You know, everything says doing well Doing nicely, exceeded expectations Operating well It's a very positive Set of results that came out From Long for Life And it seems to be uh, While they're spending the money It seems to be getting some sort of direction I mean, certainly outdoor warehouse and sportsman's warehouse, we all understand the subacute. I'm not too sure about that, but, you know, it's relatively small in the in the business. Um, the energy drink and the sports drinks, that's a well-established market that. Uh, and, of course, then you get the, the sorbet side, and that seems to be um, working well. You know, many years ago, you, everyone in the industry thought that gambling was not subject to the economic cycle. And that's that theory is turned on its head. Then there were a few things that beer sales aren't subject to the economic cycle, and that's also been turned on its head. Mm. But it seems beauty and people wanting to look pretty and wanting to look smart (laughs) might, in fact, be not subject to the economic cycle. No matter how tough things are, you still want to look good. And, you know, sorbet uh, plays into that field. And quite a few of the people, clicks as well, have said, you know, in this tough economic side, their cosmetics and their beauty and their health side is actually doing reasonably well, and the same as this camp. Is that literally? You know, so maybe it, this it, is. It's yeah, the, maybe this. You always want to put some lipstick on. It's the lipstick factor. That's
1: what it is. If you can't afford a pair of Jimmy Shoe shoes for twenty-seven thousand rand, as I've always said, you, you can go out and buy a hundred and fifty rand lipstick and smack it on your face. Not you and I, of course. Well, not not yeah. not in public, but you, you know yeah. what I mean. people well,
0: maybe you, you never know what happens after us. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, Wayne. Um, Those of say, others, I, I'm not. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to Man. But there seems to be quite a few people who do want to go to Sorbo, and it seems to be working.
1: It's really good for them. Okay, that's long for life. Loads of other ones as well, and uh, we, we can't go through them all, and you probably don't analyze them all. But there's something called Globe, Globe Trade Center South Africa. Their results came out for three months. There's the Spear REIT. Their numbers came out. Teresa, I don't know what that is. Baldwin Properties, Grow Properties, Transaction Capital. Maybe you want to comment yes. upon Transaction yeah. Capital. Very interesting company I've always found.
0: So- yeah I've actually followed this company very closely over the years and cert- and certainly every single time management gives a presentation back to analysts I'm there because I find it fascinating that they they effectively they've got two businesses they've got taxi South Africa and then they've got the debt collection business yeah. and the debt collection business is essentially just a factoring business. you buy a book you collect more than what you than what you paid. You pay 20 cents in a rand, you collect 28 cents in a rand. It's actually a highly uh, technology-driven business. There's no people walking, big people walking around going to collect debt. It's all actually technology-based, and it's actually a good business, but it's not a terribly exciting business. But the Taxi SA, they literally, taxis are us. That's them. If you want to run a taxi, you go to them, they provide you with everything from getting the taxi, fixing the taxi, panel beating the taxi, insuring the taxi. They're literally a one-stop shop for taxis. And they have a sizable share of the SA taxi market. And they're doing very well out of it. I mean, their their earnings, well, let's call it their their, their gross profit, was up 20-odd percent in taxi SA and up about 11% in the debt collection business. And these are very, very good very good management good operators they truly are entrenched in the taxi industry and the taxi industry actually needs them to survive quite frankly because they wouldn't have access to capital they wouldn't have access to insurance the taxi industry literally would not be around without transactions capital playing in that business and obviously the taxi operators are happy with the product and the price given to them because otherwise they wouldn't be wouldn't be doing so well and they wouldn't be as big in the industry. So actually, I actually really like the company. It doesn't trade mm. much. It's a relatively low trader, but it's a fantastic company. They've taken the debt collection out to other parts of the world. I think they've gone to Australia. Yes. As I said, that's not a exciting part of the business, but the SA, the taxi is, and there's plenty of other taxi industries in the rest of Africa that they can expand to and bring this product to, because they they clearly know the industry exceptionally well, and I mean, as I said earlier on, I've been following this company quite closely now for a number of years.
1: Yeah, it's always been a good company, and wasn't it um, Mr. Lamberti that was involved many years ago? Yeah, exactly. And Look, then, it, it when went moved through on. various
0: hmm. stages. Yeah, it went through various stages. I literally can't remember, but there were two. There was one major business that they sold out of about four or five years ago. Yeah. But they've certainly the two that they're left with are doing very, very well. Well, the SA taxi business is doing very well.
1: What about Tencent? Those results came out at around about 11.15 South African time this morning. Everyone was uh, looking forward to it. And there seems to be a disparity. And people are saying that this is creative accounting. On the one hand, you've got the profit. On the other hand, the revenue, there seems to be uh, something not quite right. I don't know. But the, the, the numbers looked good at first. And then suddenly people said, no, wait a second, we've
0: got to analyze these things. What did you make of Tencent's numbers? Look, you actually got to analyze them properly because revenue growth in a business like this is truly the key. Now yes. they've had quite a few new games approved now because at least that tap has been turned on in China again. And I suppose there I mean there is revenue, there is cash flow, but you gotta believe into the future that this their business model works, which I certainly do. And I mean NicePass you know, it's a it's a long way off its highs of a couple of years ago. It looks reasonable at this valuation, to be honest.
1: Mm. Okay, well, that's good. What about the international markets? Because suddenly there's a lot of volatility. And again, yeah, I'm going to...
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: it's trade wars, and I just see on com it says here, Trump administration to delay auto tariffs by up to six months. And that's probably why the S&P has turned from being down 20 to up around about two at the moment. Um, mm. But Mr. Trump, he's a loose cannon. I, I, I make no, I make no secret of the fact that I can't stand the fellow. But he's really, really, he plays with the markets and he shoots yeah. from the hip, but in a rather eccentric and erratic fashion.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's the biggest a negative on president Trump is you literally do not know what the next move is going to be because you will tweet something on a Sunday that will just cause chaos. Yes, I think even within his own administration, they don't even, they don't even know what's what's coming,
1: mm.
0: you know? So yeah, it's yeah. I mean the, everything we heard consistently for weeks, including from president Trump, was that trade talks are progressing well. And his own trade negotiators say, listen, the trade talks, you still got a way to go, but they're progressing well. It's a, we'll get there. It's all looking good. And the next minute, there's tariffs go from 10 to 25%.
1: Exactly. And I the mean, Chinese retaliate.
0: Yeah. Li- literally, before the trade talks have even completed, the latest round have even completed, it's implemented. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And and I think it's just as we've spoken about on many occasions, it's just I suppose let's call it the nineteen eighties way of negotiating, is that you try and pummel your your the opposite party in a negotiation, you try and pummel them and absolutely try and destroy their confidence and, and, and and then you get an upper hand and then you settle. So it's a real sort of tough edge negotiation where it had, it's it got to be adversarial, otherwise you'll feel you haven't achieved anything. And I think that's that's how negotiations were done in the 80s. I mean, you beat up the other person to the best of your ability and softened them up and then sat down and negotiated from what you would see as a position of strength. Now, that, as I said, that was 20, 30 years ago was the way of doing it. And, you know, maybe President Trump is still caught in that in, in, in that paradigm. Yeah. But it's very interesting. I've watched him on TV now. Yeah. Of course, every single sentence is fantastic. It's fantastic and it's brilliant. Tremendous. And you can't believe it. And it's tremendous. And it's all under my administration. I mean, I did it. Yeah. Me personally, my administration. No one else had a single hand in doing anything except me and my administration. But then he says there's billions rolling into the U.S. tax revenue coffers. Yes. But what he fails to say is American taxpayers are paying it. China's not paying it. These tariffs are paid by American citizens. But it sounds as though when you you listen to him, it's somehow China's paying these tariffs. They're not... No, the, the man. Joe
1: Soap is paying for this because yeah. the prices are going to rise in the United States because of yes. the tariff situation. This is such a fascinating argument, and someone will work it out one day. I've got a feeling of deja vu on two fronts now. Deja vu because of what's happening with Iran. The Iran situation is something we're not going to talk about now, Wayne, um, because we don't have time. Yeah. But it's slightly disturbing from a geopolitical and world safety point of view. But the other thing is, which is more important is you were in the market in 1999, 2000, weren't you? Of course you were. Yes. Okay. The deja vu that I have is a company called Pinterest coming to the market and a company called Uber coming to the market. Uber I use all the time. Pinterest, I, I never do. But I think to myself... There's something going on here. There's too many of these companies now. It's becoming a crowded space, and it might actually be used as an excuse for people to say, "Right, that's it. I'm taking money off the table." There are too many social media companies. There are too many tech companies, and they're not
0: all what they seem. If you see no, what I no mean. No, I hear you. Now, if you take Uber, I don't know what happened in the last 24 hours, but on listing, it was down six percent, seven percent the one day. Yes. Then down 10 or 11 percent the next day. And when you listen to the company verbiage, if you'd like to call it that, what they're talking about is they say, yes, but the same thing happened to Google and 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 and, and look at them now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be one of them. And when you listen to a Dr. Ichbal's survey in South Africa, oh yeah, you know, all of the companies he wanted to list were also going to be ten billion dollar companies on the same basis that look at you know, look at Amazon, look at Google look at all the other ones, but let's put that aside for the moment. Yes, with one major, in fact two, major major differences. Right. Number one, the stock markets are not as expensive now as what they were then. Quite frankly, by a country mile, they're not as expensive. Okay. Markets then were actually at twice the valuation, more than twice the valuation levels that we at now. And secondly. And maybe even more importantly, inflation was rising strongly at that stage, and it's not doing it now. Mm. All right. But whether all these new companies that are going to list will be successful and will survive, I mean, Uber burns a billion dollars a quarter. It's never shown a profit, ever. And when you listen to what the company says as to how we're going to make profits, and this is being a little bit harsh, I will be honest, It basically boils down to we'll think of something into the future because our current model actually doesn't make, can't make profit. So we'll think of something because we've got a huge base, we've got access to capital, we've got huge distribution, but the current model can't actually make money. No matter how much revenue and, and volumes go up. So, why, so why, are people, why, are,
1: why are people investing in the company? I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a simple person. When it comes, You're the clever one. Why would anyone no, invest in a company that's not making any money or isn't going to make any money and has no prospect of making any money for the next five
0: to six years? Yeah, because you believe in the new age, the new technology, fourth industrial revolution, all of these sort of things. You're a new age person. And you believe that something will come along, and maybe it will. I, I don't. I don't know. You know, maybe something will come along for Uber. Maybe they'll make a fortune out of delivering food, or, or you know, maybe they'll. <laughs> what they, what they, what their business plan effectively is, which they're pumping in serious amounts of cash into, mm. is they want to take the driver out of the equation. Yes. Because that's why they can't make profits. Because they have got, got to pay their drivers a lot of money. Yet they can't charge you and I a lot of money because otherwise we'll use something else. So they're going to go for these autonomous or semi-autonomous vehicles where they can pay the driver significantly less because then the driver will essentially be a security guard and a, a little bit of an operator. They won't physically drive the car or the car will be totally autonomous in very controlled, very restricted. Because that's how, that's how they can make money is they can take the driver out. Mm. but that's still into the future it's not tomorrow
1: i used uber eats last night when you would have been very proud of me because you're a carnivore i used uber mm. eats and they delivered me this most beautifully tender brisket are you a fan of brisket
0: it's not really an, it's not really a, a cut that we eat much here in south africa it should be it really I, I should must be. admit, I, I must admit, I don't, I can't actually ever recall having brisket. To be honest,
1: you have to ask David Shapiro about, him it. about he'll, it. He'll know about it. He'll 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 have a recipe as a Jewish gentleman. He'll know about brisket. But anyway, we are digressing. Thank you so much for your extended time this yes, evening. Wayne done. McCurry is from FMB Wealth and Investment. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with ShareNet.co.za.